بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا أما بعد Respected listeners of the Voice of the Cape Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh May the peace, blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His mercy may it envelop you on this very special day this very beautiful day Alhamdulillah Today is Madrasa on air once again Something for everybody. Today is Tuesday. It is Aqidah Day. And Alhamdulillah, we are busy with our text, Aqidatul Awam. The faith of the layperson. And inshallah ta'ala, maybe some of the concepts might be coming across today, inshallah ta'ala. A little bit complex at times. But open up your hearts, open up your minds. Let us use that gift of intellect that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with to ponder over the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as the poet said, فَوَاعَجَبًا كَيْفَ يُعْصَ الْإِلَاهُ أَمْ يَجْحَدُهُ الْجَاحِدُ وَفِي كُلِّ شَيْءٍ لَهُ آيَةٌ تَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ وَاحِدُ How can a person disobey Allah and how can the disbeliever disbelieve in him when in everything there is a sign that points to his divine unity? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we are still busy with our text, Aqirat al-Awam by Ahmad Sayyid Ahmad ibn Ramadan al-Marzuqi, rahimahullah ta'ala. And we are speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's existence. We take the bait of the Nadim where he said, فَاللَّهُ مَوْجُودٌ قَادِمٌ بَاقِي مُخَالِفٌ لِلْخَلْقِ بِالْإِطْلَاقِ وَقَائِمٌ غَانِيٌّ وَوَاحِدٌ وَاحِدٌ قَادِرٌ مُورِيدٌ عَالِيمٌ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ So he says, so Allah has existence, the attribute of existence without beginning, everlasting, absolutely differing from the creation, self-subsisting without any need, the one and the living, the powerful, the willing, and the knower of everything, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And last week, as well as this week, ta'ala, we are still busy with proving the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Proving that indeed He is the one and only creator, cherisher, nourisher, sustainer, manager, controller, owner and ruler of everything in the heavens and on earth. We have been looking at a specific methodology in terms of proving His existence. And as we know, when it comes to knowledge, then there is one of two things in terms of methodology, in terms of establishing or ascertaining the truth of knowledge. Number one, إِذَا كُنْتَ مُدَّعِنْ فَالدَّلِيلِ وَإِذَا كُنْتَ رَاوِنْ That if you are making a claim, then you must prove it. And if you are narrating something, 
then you must authenticate it. So this single statement illustrates for us very clearly the two main methods that we are using in establishing without an iota of doubt that there is an unseen almighty God, the creator and sustainer of everything in the heavens and on earth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is his name. Do you know anybody else by that name? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed in the Holy Quran. So we are busy with two main methods here. We are still busy with the first method. If you remember, we spoke about the method of the, the top-down method. And the other method being the bottom-up method. The top-down method has to do with first establishing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that the creator, the initiator, the essentially existing creator, meaning the first without beginning, the last without ending, proving that he exists. And then once we've proved that, then we believe in the revelation that he has revealed via the angel Gabriel, Jibreel alayhi salam, to our beloved Prophet Muhammad, Khairul Anam salawatu rabbi wassalamu alayhi. We believe in the Qur'an and everything in the Qur'an. That is called the top-down method. First establishing the divine essence, the essentially existing divine essence of God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And once we have done that, we establish our belief in the Qur'an and everything therein. But inshallah, we're going to go for a short break, pay the bills, and we'll be back. Madrasa on A. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu wa ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, my respected listeners of The Voice of the Cape, I'm your host, Riyad Walls. Today is Tuesday, alhamdulillah, the 5th of December, and alhamdulillah, it is Madrasa on air, a place where, inshallah ta'ala, we hope to get benefit, bi'idhnillah ta'ala, by the grace and mercy of Allah, Something for everybody, bi'idhnillah ta'ala. Alhamdulillah, today is Aqeedah, and we are speaking about proving the existence of Almighty God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And just before the break, we were speaking about the two main methodologies in proving the existence of God, in proving the existence of Allah. And we said we have the top-down method, where we first prove Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's existence using intellectual proofs, scientific proofs and then after establishing that undoubtedly then by default we believe in that which he has revealed to us the holy quran and we believe everything that is in that revelation revealed to our beloved prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam may the peace and blessings of almighty god allah ta'ala be upon him and upon all his prophets then the second method is the what we call so the first one, top down. And the second method is from the bottom up. Where we open the Quran and we look at the knowledge that is in that Quran. Remember, this is not anybody's knowledge. This is the knowledge of the Creator. Allah says, but Allah bears witness 
to that which he has revealed to you, O Muhammad that he has revealed it with his knowledge. And the angels bear witness, and God, Allah, is sufficient as a witness. So when we open that revelation of God, when we open that Holy Qur'an, revealed to Muhammad Khair al-Anam, and we look at the knowledge that is therein, then we know for certain that this could not have been written by a man who was, by the way, unlettered, couldn't read or write, never attended school, never went to any secondary or tertiary educations, didn't have a laboratory or a telescope in his backyard in the 7th century of the Gregorian calendar. And that the only way that he would have come onto such knowledge or been privy to such information would have been by revelation from the divine from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is called the bottom up. We open the Quran, we establish that it is the truth, and then by default we believe everything that is in that Quran about the truth. The truth about God, the truth about His angels, the truth about His revelations, the truth about His messengers, the truth about the last day, the truth about divine destination, predestination, etc, etc, etc. So we are still busy with a tadarruj min al-a'la. We are still busy with the first method, which is the top-down method. And that top-down method we broke into basically two sub, if you like, methodologies. The first one, which is what we covered last week, was basically through what we call al-istintaj al-aqli. Al-istintaj al-aqli, which is basically what they call in philosophy what they call induction and in terms of using the intellect it is basically the production of facts to produce or to prove a general statement that's what induction means is using the intellect to produce facts to prove a general statement and we went into detail about that last week, looking at all the minor and major premises. For example, we said that the universe is a happening. Every happening has a beginning. Therefore, the universe has a beginning, and so on and so forth. We went through a host of, of syllogisms, intellectual syllogisms, using that method of induction whereby we produced we produced facts to prove a general statement and alhamdulillah we came out with the conclusion that even intellectually when we apply our logical rational minds there has to be a essentially existing cause there has to be a creator there has to be an initiator for this universe. But today, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to put those intellectual arguments aside, and today we are going to go on to something that is perhaps more relevant to the ordinary person out there. And that is the path of al-idraq al-hissi, the path of sensory perception, using our senses to arrive at the existence of the Almighty Creator. So the first one is purely intellectual arguments, al-istintaj al-aqli, through induction, producing facts to prove general statements.
And now the second path, Maslak al-idrak al-hissi, is now using our sensory perception. Our eyes, our ears, our taste. Using those senses like Edwin Hubble, Edwin P. Hubble, the, the famous astronomer, what did he say? Man explores the universe with his five senses and calls it science. We would like to add to that to say that no, he doesn't just call it science. As believers we say that man uses his five senses to explore the universe and he calls it faith. For indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in the Holy Quran, in Surah Al-Isra, وَلَا تَقْفُوا مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلِمٍ إِنَّ السَّمْعَ وَالْبَصَرَ وَالْفُؤَادَ كُلُّ أُولَٰئِكَ كَانَ عَنْهُ مَسْؤُولًا إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَذِكْرَى لِمَنْ كَانَ لَهُ قَلْبٍ أَوْ أَلْقَى السَّمْعَ وَهُوَ شَهِيدٍ And do not pursue that which you have no knowledge. Indeed, the hearing and the sight and the heart about all of those, one will be questioned. Indeed, in that is a reminder for one who has a heart or who listens while he is present in mind. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to use our, our faculties of reason. He wants us to look. He wants us to, to hear. He wants us to think. He wants us to ponder. And in particular, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says it. He wants us to look at the heavens. He wants us to look at the cosmos. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says very clearly in Surah Qaf, verse number 6. Have they not looked at the heaven above them? How we structured it? Or how we constructed it? And adorned it? And how it has no rifts. Or for example in Surah Al-Araf. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse number 185. Do they not look into the realm of the heavens and the earth and everything that Allah has created and think that perhaps their appointed time has come near? So in what statement thereafter will they believe? So this gift of our intellect, as we spoke about last week, the gift of the senses, the sight and the hearing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He wants us, God Almighty, He wants us to utilize this in knowing Him, in recognizing His signs. And that's what we're going to do today, bi'ithnillah ta'ala. So just that everybody is clear with these two paths that we are walking with regards to the first methodology. Remember how many methodologies do we have? We have two methodologies here. What's the first one? At-tadarruj min al-a'la What's the second one? At-tadarruj min al-adna. The first one, the top-down method. The second one, the bottom-up method. The first one, the top-down method, we've broken it up into two maslaks, into two paths. Maslak al-intaj al-aqli. The first one is the intellectual production of facts, which we did last week. 
And today is Maslak al-Idraq al-Hissi is the century perception, the path of century perception. Just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Nabi Ibrahim to look at the heavens. So we are going to look at the heavens today. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, with regards to Nabi Ibrahim, وَكَذَلِكَ نُرِي إِبْرَاهِيمَ مَلَكُوتَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَلِيَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُقِنِينَ And such did we show Abraham the dominion of the heavens and the earth, and in order that he might have certainty. That's the goal here. The goal here is to prove with certainty the existence of the one Almighty Creator. جَلَّ فِي عُلَى اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى So let us now inshallah walk that path of Al-Idraq Al-Hissi which now takes us it takes us back to the verse in Surah Al-Imran verse number 190 and verse number 191 where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says بَعَدْعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ إِنَّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَاخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ لَآيَاتٍ لِأُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ الَّذِينَ يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ قِيَامًا وَقُعُودًا وَعَلَى جُنُوبِهِمْ وَيَتَفَكَّرُونَ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ رَبَّنَا مَا خَلَقَتَ هَذَا بَاطِلًا سُبْحَانَكَ فَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ Allah says, indeed, in the creation of the heavens and the earth, and the alternation of the night and the day are signs for those who reflect. Those who remember Allah whilst standing or lying on their sides, those who remember Allah while standing, or sitting, or reclining, and they ponder over the creation of the heavens and the earth. And they say, O oh, our Lord, you have not created this in vain. Or you have not created this without purpose. You have not created this aimlessly. Subhanak, you are above such a thing. Faqina adab nar then protect us from the punishment of the fire. With this faith that we have, that indeed you are the creator of the heavens and the earth. And our total submission and surrender to you, Ya Allah, save us from the, from the punishment of hellfire. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. So we're going to do exactly that. If you look in the first verse, which is verse 190, and please if you have a Quran with you, please open it up. Open it up to the third chapter, Ali Imran, and go to verse 190. And verse 191, 190 and 191. You will see in the first statement, Allah says, So there's a, something that we have to physically do here. Because he says that indeed in the creation of the heavens and the earth, and the differing of the night and the day, there are signs for who? For those who reflect. Now, uli means possessors of. Albab is the plural of lub. Lub literally means the core. 
And like an apple has a core, in order to get to the core, what do you have to do? You have to peel away at the, at the exterior of the apple until you arrive at the core. So this is literally what ulil albab means. The people who don't just look up at the night sky and say, MashaAllah, uh, what a beautiful night. Or look how bright the moon is. No, but we think a little bit further. That's why he says that the creation of the heavens and the earth and the differing of the night and the day are signs for those who reflect. Those who go a little bit deeper. Those who look a little bit further. And then he goes on to explain. Those that remember Allah while standing, sitting and reclining. And they ponder over the creation of the heavens and the earth. In other words, this is an exercise. This is an exercise that we have to engage in. Pondering over what? Pondering over the creation of the heavens and the earth. Then look at the next statement. رَبَّنَا مَا خَلَقَتَ هَذَا بَاطِلًا O oh, our Lord, you have not created this aimlessly. You have not created this without purpose. In other words, the universe has a design. You know, when we, when we make something, we make it for a specific purpose. There's an example that uh, Dr. Muhammad Saeed, Al-Imam Al-Shaheed, Dr. Muhammad Saeed, Ramadan Al-Buti, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, there's an example that he makes in his book, Kubr Al-Yaqiniyat Al-Kawniya, the greatest universal truth. He says that if you had to be walking on a beach, imagine yourself walking on the beach and you find a watch buried in the sand and you pick up that watch. What are you going to think? Are you going to think that maybe one day, all of a sudden, by pure chance, that the, the sand and the shells and the water came together and said, let's make a watch? You're probably laughing to yourself. Of course not. Of course you wouldn't think that. What would we think? We'd look at the watch and we would see, okay, this watch tells me the time. It has a purpose. There's also the date. The date is on the watch as well. And then when I look at the back, the back is maybe see-through, just for example. And we see the little cogs are working in order that the time should be told and the date should be read. So there's a design and the design has been made in such a way by the designer in order that that aim or that goal or that purpose should be fulfilled. Uh, can you think of another example? Another example is that of the cell phone. Can you imagine walking in the desert and picking up a cell phone in the desert? Now remember, a cell phone, if you look at the two materials that a cell phone is constructed of, those two materials are what? Silicon and plastic. Silicon, by the way, comes from sand. Plastic comes from oil, a byproduct of oil. So, 
Do you think it's possible that one day the, the sand um, was maybe struck by a lightning bolt and a little fountain of oil sprung forth and in mid-air the sand and the oil spun together and decided to make a cell phone, zim zalabim, and there the cell phone appeared? No, I don't think that's possible. But inshallah, we'll explore that a little bit further, further just after this break. Madrasa on air. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولا أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. Yes, respected listeners of the Voice of the Cape. Today is Tuesday. It is our day for Aqidah. It's Madrasa on air, something for everybody, bi'ithnillah ta'ala. And we are speaking about the existence of Almighty God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are busy with our second path of our first methodology, the top-down method. Proving the existence of Almighty God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, through intellectual means, the form of induction, producing of facts to bring about a general statement. And alhamdulillah, we covered that path last week. And today we are speaking about the second maslak, the second path of al-idraq al-hissi using sensory perception. In establishing the existence of Almighty God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're busy with the verse in the Holy Quran. If you want to join us, open up the Quran to chapter 3, Ali Imran, and to verse 190 and 191. Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the creation of the heavens and the earth and how in that there are signs for those who reflect. Just before the break, we were speaking about two examples of how when you look at something with a design that number one it must have a designer who has designed it for a purpose we did the example of a person finding a watch in the sand on the beach they would not think that the water and the pebbles and the and the shells and the and the sand grains came together one day and decided to make a watch no they would think I wonder whose watch this is, who it belongs to, and I wonder who manufactured it. Why? Because this watch has a purpose, it tells the time, I can, it has the date, maybe it has a stopwatch. It has a purpose. And a purpose can only come from, from a design, and every design has a, has a designer. Then we went on to the example of the cell phone. If one had to pick up a cell phone in the desert, a cell phone is comprised of two basic materials and that is silicon and plastic silicon comes from sand plastic comes from oil we wouldn't think for one second that one day a lightning bolt struck the sand and some oil shot forth from the desert and in mid-air zimzalabim the sand and the oil came together and out of mere chance a cell phone appeared nobody would think that but instead we would marvel at the design of the cell phone and at, at the multi-purpose for which it has been designed all the different purposes for which it has been designed the fact that it also tells the time you can use it to make phone calls it's got GPS you can go on the internet you can use it as an alarm clock you can use it as a calendar 
all these amazing purposes for which you can use that cell phone has an amazing design and every design amazing design must have an even more amazing designer now what are we talking about we're talking about a watch and we're talking about a cell phone what about the heavens and the earth what about this complex universe and this is where the scientific method comes into play remember we said the the first path of the top-down method is purely intellectual the intellectual arguments for the existence of God and I made the example before the break that we said for example the universe is a happening every happening has a beginning the universe has a beginning then we start again the universe has a beginning everything that has a beginning requires an initiator the universe requires an initiator and we came out to the conclusion that that initiator is the essentially existing God essentially existing meaning the first without beginning the last without ending Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so the first path is purely intellectual this path that we are speaking about now is scientific it is purely scientific and therefore requires the scientific method and a few weeks ago I made mention of the fact that Ibn al-Haytham who was a 10th century Muslim scholar who actually is renowned for removing cataracts from the eye using a hollowed out point of a needle 600 years before the physicians in Europe even attempted it and he is actually not only the father of optics but he is the father of the modern-day camera he is also the father of the scientific method the scientific method which basically have five steps number one to make an observation number two to form a question number three to form a hypothesis or a proposition number four to conduct an experiment number five to analyze the data and draw a conclusion and that is exactly what we are going to do ta'ala. we're going to using our faculties of reason using our sight we're going to look out into the cosmos and inshallah ta'ala looking at the design of this universe we're going to prove that behind that design is an almighty, incredible, amazing designer, God Almighty, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Madrasa on A. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wa salat, wa salam, wa ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi, wa sahbihi, wa man wala, amma ba'd. Respected listeners of the Voice of the Cape, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, it is almost. 5 to 3 and inshallah ta'ala in our final segment before the 3 o'clock news inshallah ta'ala we are going to prepare the way for our scientific discovery as we look to the cosmos as we look to the design of this universe and looking at that design this incredibly intricate harmonious design of the universe we come to the certain conclusion that there is an almighty all-knowing all-capable designer God Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Dr. Muhammad Saeed Ramadan al-Buti rahimahullah ta'ala he mentions in his book Kubr al-Qiniyat al-Kawniya that um, 
of the four axiomatic, of the four self-evident proofs of the existence of God, three of them belonging to the first maslak, three of them belonging to the intellectual path, which we've already dealt with, the falsity of a preponderance without a preponderant, the falsity of the vicious circle, and the falsity of infinite regression. We've looked at that last week. The fourth one belongs to the scientific method, and that is, in Arabic we call it al-illa al-ghaiya. Is the teleological, you can Google it if you like, the teleological proof for the existence of God by design. There's another word that is floating around there in the scientific fraternity amongst the so called creationist community, and it's called fine tuning. When you look how finely tuned the universe actually is, then it becomes impossible for this universe just to have existed out of chance or even by necessity, because these are the arguments. No, the universe exists out of necessity, some would argue. Others would argue, no, the universe exists by by mere chance. And both of these have no evidence for them. But the one that has the stronger empirical evidence for is the idea or the hypothesis that this universe exists purely by design. And as we know, if there is a design, there must be a designer. So inshallah, as we lead up to our three o'clock news, I will just inshallah give you a brief uh, introduction uh, to this idea of fine-tuning just the uh, write down that word fine-tuning fine-tuning with regards to the design of the universe you can google it very very interesting if you have any friends or or colleagues or, or people that you know that uh, are doubting the existence of God then you can share this very valuable information with them you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, says in Surah Ibrahim, verse 14, And the messengers said to them, The messengers said, Is there doubt about the existence of God? The one who created everything from nothing? In uh, Latin they call it ex nihilo. Literally meaning out of nothing. Like that narrator on the BBC documentary, The Birth of the Universe. He says, in the beginning there was nothing. And so in order for there to now be something, there had to be someone to bring about that something. And that someone, of course, is the creator, God Almighty, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whether it's from the galaxies and the stars, Right down to the most subatomic particles. The very structure of our universe is dependent on extremely finely tuned numbers and constants. And if these numbers and constants had to be out even by a hair's breadth, no life of any kind would have been able to exist anywhere madrasa on a
Bismillah walhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Respected listeners of the Voice of the Cape alhamdulillah it is now almost quarter past 3 it is a Tuesday afternoon mashallah the sun is shining it's a wonderful day alhamdulillah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless and guide and protect all of you wherever you might be Alhamdulillah, today is Aqeedah Day and we are busy with Aqeedah Al-Awam, our text by our author Sayyid Ahmad ibn Ramadan al-Marzuqi, rahimahullah ta'ala. And we're speaking about God's existence, we're speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's existence. And we are speaking about the intellectual and scientific proofs about His existence. For indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He expects us to believe in Him without seeing. That is easy, that's faith. But He doesn't expect us to believe in Him without thinking. Otherwise, He wouldn't have given us an intellect. And that is why the person whose intellect does not function correctly is a person that is not mukallaf, is not duty-bound to even believe. So this intellect that He has given us, we must utilize it in establishing and increasing and strengthening our yaqeen, our certainty in His existence and understanding our purpose for which He has created us, that we must submit and surrender to Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So just before the break, we're just getting into our, as Dr. Muhammad Sa'id Ramadan al-Buti calls it, Al-Illah Al-Ghaiyah. The fourth self-evident proof of the existence of God, which is by design. The teleological argument or proof for the existence of God by design. Another term that is used in the scientific fraternity, they call it fine-tuning. Because when we look at the design of the universe, and it makes me think of, you know, just to, to bring it down in the simplest terms, to relate to you a story about Abu Hanifa, the great Imam. The great scholar of Islam, Abu Hanifa. Abu Hanifa was invited to a debate by some atheists, people that didn't believe in the existence of God. And so Abu Hanifa purposefully delayed his arrival. And when he came to them, they wanted to know why he was late. So he made up some story. But with great wisdom and very strategically in order to get a certain reaction out of them. You know what he told them? He told them that the reason why I'm late is that I came to a river that was too deep for me to cross. And so while I was standing on the other side of the river wanting to cross, I saw these two trees by themselves, they started to bend down and dislodge themselves from their roots and go into the water and by themselves came together and formed a type of raft or boat. And then the boat made its way over to me and I climbed in the boat and then the boat took me by chance all the way safely to the other side I climbed out, and that is the reason why I'm late. They got angry. They said, do you think we are mad? Do you think we are crazy? That two trees can by themselves just come together and form a boat and go over to you and bring you safely to the other side? What rubbish is this? What nonsense is this? So Abu Hanifa said, exactly. You're talking about a silly boat. 
how can you expect me to believe that Sama'un thatu abraj wa ardun thatu fijaj wa biharun thatu amwaj that these heavens filled with constellations and this earth filled with ravines and valleys and these oceans filled with waves does this not point to the existence of an almighty creator you're speaking about a boat saying it's impossible for a boat to, to make itself what about this intricate universe this complex universe how can we look at this universe and think that it just made itself doesn't it point to the existence of an almighty creator so perhaps in a more interesting or complex or scientific way we are going to do exactly the same thing we're going to look at this universe we're going to look at the design of the universe and see how finely tuned it is i made a statement just before the break and i'm going to repeat that statement the statement goes from galaxies and stars right down to atoms and subatomic particles the very structure of our universe is dependent on extremely finely tuned numbers and constants that even by a hair's breadth if they were out even by a hair's breadth no life or physical interaction of any kind could exist anywhere now let's take the first constant and that is of the speed of light the speed of light anybody know what the speed of light is the speed of light is 299,792 kilometers per second imagine that almost 300,000 kilometers per second I mean from here to Johannesburg is 1,400 kilometers plus minus imagine the speed of light travels and it takes traveling at about eight nine hundred kilometers per hour takes us about two hours to fly from Cape Town to Johannesburg the speed of light travels at 299,000 comma 792 kilometers per second almost 300,000 kilometers per second and the speed of light is related to what they call the fine structure constant um, it's also related to the metric expansion of space it's also related to the energy to mass relationship and since these qualities they say are all vitally critical to the biofriendly nature of the universe a minute change in the speed of light would make our existence impossible so that speed of light that speed of light is perfectly arranged perfectly decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order that life can exist on earth Madrasa on Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, Jamaatul Muslimin, we are looking up to the cosmos today 
and we are reflecting over the creation of the heavens and the earth and how this universe has been designed and when we see that this universe has been so finely tuned that it would be impossible to even consider that this universe came about by mere chance or that this universe exists out of necessity but this universe exists by design and therefore there must be an all-knowing powerful almighty designer who is God Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so just before the break we made mention of the first constant that we see in the universe and that is the the speed of light and if that speed of light had to be out by a minute degree the scientists say that life would be impossible or the existence of the universe in itself would have been precluded would be impossible the second constant that they speak about in fine-tuning is the gravitational constant which is the constant on which the force of gravity depends now listen to this you know the the zeros will blow your mind in fact I was looking up on the internet today the names that they've actually assigned to they have they have names for numbers that go up to 10 to the power of 200 and 300 etc etc names that I've never heard of before you know we know a hundred and we know 10 and a hundred and a thousand and we know a hundred thousand and we know a million and we know a billion and we know a trillion but basically for that after that it it, it basically it it stops there Um, here they are talking about that with regards to the gravitational constant in the universe if it had to vary now just relax don't let your mind explode now from all the numbers from all the the zeros that we're going to speak about now but if the gravitational constant had to vary one in 10 to the power of 60 you know what they call that 10 to the power of 60 imagine a, a 10 with with uh, a one with 60 noughts one with 60 60 one with 60 noughts you know, a hundred is one with two noughts. A thousand is one with three noughts. You know, a million is one with six noughts. Imagine one with sixty noughts. You know what they call that? They call it one novum decillion. <laughs> yeah, I know that's not going to be of any use to you or to me in terms of, uh, especially when it comes to our money. One novum decillion, ten to the power of sixty. If it had to vary, just by one in that 10 to the power of 60 then basically the universe would not exist and this is bearing in mind that you know how many cells are in our body 10 to the power of 14 you know how many seconds there are since time began 10 to the power of 20 only comparatively speaking so this is even finer the gravitational force in the universe has even been more finely tuned than the number of cells that are in our body 10 to the power of 14 or the second since time began since the birth of the universe which is 10 to the power of 20 one with 20 noughts that's how many seconds have passed so the gravitational co- the speed of light the gravitational constant very very finely tuned then we get to the cosmological constant which is the expansion rate the rate of expansion after the big bang 
What is the whole theory or the hypothesis of the Big Bang? There was nothing, the, the scientists say, there was nothing. Why? Because when you go past Planck epoch or Planck density or Planck time, when the universe was a, a millionth of a billionth of a trillionth of a second old, we go any further than that, then the very laws of quantum mechanics and relativity break down and we end up with, as Stephen Hawking says, zero volume infinite density. In layman's terms, nothing. So from nothing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the first atoms and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inflated that and then from there the so-called Big Bang and then the universe expanded and continues to expand as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Holy Quran The heavens we've created them with, with strength now they're calling it dark energy and we are perpetually expanding them so that rate of expansion Stephen Hawkins, he says, if the rate of expansion one second after the Big Bang had been smaller, even by one part, in a hundred thousand million million, it would have recollapsed before it reached its present size. So look how finely tuned that is. The rate of expansion. And look, the Big Bang is what? It's a cataclysmic event. It's an explosion. Now, normally when we see a demolition, when they demolish a building, they use explosive devices. They demolish the building. And what happens after the explosion? We see, we see rubble. We see twisted metal. And the trucks come along and they pick up this rubble. They pick up the twisted metal and they go and dump it by the dump. So normally we associate an explosion or a demolition with something that is chaotic and the aftermath is something that is of not any use to anybody. Here we have an explosion, the Big Bang, the common origin of the universe, so finely tuned that had it not been tuned to that degree, we wouldn't have the stars and the planets and the galaxies and the clusters. We wouldn't have planet Earth with you and I and the blue sky and the seas and the trees and the butterflies and the bees. This has all been finely tuned in order that life can exist on this Earth. As Allah SWT says, خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا Allah SWT has created everything in this world for us. In order that life can exist and that we can be tried and we can fulfill our purpose. Which is what? I've not created the jinn or mankind except for the purpose of worshipping me. So I'm sharing with you some of the very, very finely tuned constants in the universe. The speed of light. The gravitational constant. On, uh, which is basically that constant on which the force of gravity depends. The cosmological constant on which the rate of expansion after the Big Bang, after the Big Bang depends. Uh, we look at the, the constant uh, pertaining to mass and energy. The evenly distributed percentages of neutrinos and photons and atoms and dark matter in the universe. The scientists, they say that if this 
evenly distributed compos- uh, composition of elements in the universe, like the neutrinos and the photons and the atoms and the dark matter, if, the, if it had to be out by one part in 10 to the power of 10 to the power of 123, again, the universe would not exist. So, so intricately and so harmoniously finely tuned by the Almighty Designer, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another very interesting constant uh, that they speak about is the constant relating to the fusion of of helium. Basically, when four nucleons of hydrogen, when four nucleons of hydrogen fuse into helium, not comma seven percent of their mass is converted into energy i'll say that again when when four nucleons what's a nucleon a nucleon is basically a neutron and a proton the nucleons are basically at the center of the atom nucleons are made up of neutrons and protons surrounded by a field of Electrons. So we take the hydrogen atom. That if four nucleons of the hydrogen atom fuse into helium, then 0.7% of their mass is converted to energy. Now listen to this. If it was 0.6%, then only hydrogen could exist. It wouldn't fuse into helium. And complex chemistry would be impossible. And if it was 0.8%, no hydrogen would exist at all. As all the hydrogen would have been fused shortly after the Big Bang. But there has to be hydrogen and there has to be helium, otherwise there will be no stars. And if there were no stars, there would be no planets. Because remember, planets are born out of the death of a star. Because when that star when it goes through that experience of a supernova and the atoms heat up to such a degree where the quarks that are held together by gluons, the gluons melt and the quarks are separated and then new elements are formed in order that we can have things like planets. And we can have water and we can have human beings and we can have oxygen and carbon dioxide so look how finely tuned if it wasn't so finely tuned there would be no hydrogen and there would be no helium and there would be no life so again there's a design speed of light gravitational constant cosmological constant the conversion of mass to energy and Stephen Hawkins, when he speaks about the expansion of the universe, he says that, on the other hand, if the rate of expansion had been greater by one part in a million, the universe would have expanded too rapidly for stars and planets to form. So, just by us reflecting on the design of the universe, we can see that there must be a designer. For this universe has not been created without purpose. All these 
constants have been put there in order that that purpose might be fulfilled. And that is the purpose of life. I mean, we're speaking about the universe out there. Let's come a little bit closer to home. If we are to speak about this earth, this earth is rotating on its own axis, an axis which is at an angle of about 23 degrees. It rotates on this axis at just over a thousand kilometers per hour. And then it orbits around the sun at over a hundred thousand kilometers per hour. And the speed, of course, is what gives us our months. And the spinning of the earth on its axis gives us our days. And the orbiting of the of the earth around the sun gives us our seasons. All perfectly balanced. And then what do we have? We have the distance of the earth from the sun. Which is approximately 150,000 miles. Oh sorry, approximately... Approximately 150 million miles. Or, sorry, 90, between 93 and 95 million miles, approximately 150 million kilometers. Now, the scientists, they say that the Earth travels around the sun in what they call the green zone. If it had to be one mile closer, we would all fry. One mile further away, we would all freeze. Life would not be sustainable on planet Earth. And if we can just hold that thought, inshallah ta'ala, we will be back after this break. Madrasa on A. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa la amma ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, Jamaat al-Muslimin, respected listeners of the Voice of the Cape. We have been doing some observing today. Observing the universe, the design of the universe, the fine-tuning of the universe. Just before the break, we were looking at some constants that we find in the universe. The gravitational constant, the cosmological constant, the rate of expansion, the ratio of, from, or the conversion from mass to energy of of elements the uh, we've looked at the speed of light and we see how finely tuned everything is so finely tuned martin rees the british uh, cosmologist and uh, astrophysicist he says wherever physicists look they see fine tuning stephen hawkins says the remarkable fact is that the values of these numbers seem to have been very finely adjusted to make possible the development of life Paul Davies, he says, there is for me powerful evidence that there is something going on beyond it all or behind it all. It seems as though somebody has finely tuned nature's numbers to make the universe. The impression of design is overwhelming. And these are not uh, imams, these are not sheikhs, these are not uh, Muslim scholars. These are non-Muslim scientists physicists, astrophysicists, cosmologists, astronomers that are making these statements. That everywhere they look in the universe, they see the element of design. I take you back to the verse. Surah Ali Imran, verse 190, verse 191. 
Oh Allah, you have not created this aimlessly. You have not created this without purpose, without design. Rabbana ma hadha batila. And this we have arrived at by what? Inna fi khalqi samawati wal ardi wa ikhtilafil layli wal nahar la ayatil li'ulil albab. Indeed in the creation of the heavens and the earth and the differing of the night and the day there are signs for those who reflect. Alladhina yadhkuruna Allah qiyaman. Those who remember Allah while standing wa qu'udan and while sitting wa ala junubihim and and whilst reclining. Wa yatafakkaruna fi khalqi samawati wal ardi and they ponder over the creation of the heavens and the earth and they say Rabbana oh our lord oh Allah you haven't created this without purpose. You haven't created this aimlessly. Subhanak, you are above that. Faqina adab save us from the punishment of the hellfire. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. So inshallah ta'ala, just before the break we were speaking about, and coming a little bit closer to home, we were speaking about look even how finely tuned the earth is in terms of its axis on which it rotates at over a thousand kilometers per hour. And then the distance from the, from the sun between 93 and 95 million miles. But it follows a fixed zone. They call it the green zone. It follows a fixed path as it orbits around the sun. Never moving, moving a mile closer or a mile further away. Otherwise life would not be sustainable on earth. All finely tuned. Look at the atmosphere. How finely tuned is the atmosphere? The atmosphere which is comprised of what? 78% nitrogen, 21% oxygen, 0.03% carbon dioxide, mercury, argon and some other trace elements. All finely tuned in order that the surface temperature of this earth might on average not become too hot or too cold whereby water would not be able to exist in liquid form. Because if water doesn't exist in liquid form, then life is not sustainable. Very, very important for us to make note of this. How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has finely tuned everything in order that life should be possible on this earth. Just think about the planet Mercury, for example. The planet Mercury's atmosphere is 90 5% carbon dioxide. In fact, over 95% of Mercury's atmosphere is made up of carbon dioxide. Remember, carbon dioxide is responsible for surface temperature. As we know, with the so-called uh, climate change that is we are experiencing on planet Earth at the moment is due to the increase in carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. So the more carbon dioxide there is, the hotter the surface temperature of the planet becomes. Now imagine Mercury's atmosphere is made up of more than 95% carbon dioxide. What do you think is the surface temperature? The surface temperature can reach temperatures of 427 degrees Celsius on Mercury. I think it takes about uh, 200 degrees Celsius to, to, uh, to roast a chicken. Double that up. Over 400 degrees Celsius is the, on average, is about 167 degrees Celsius. You know, when it's, when it's 40 degrees Celsius here in Cape Town, it's unbearable for us. Now imagine 167 degrees Celsius. Who has made it? Who has finely tuned it? Our atmosphere. To only have 0.3% carbon dioxide so the temperature is not too hot. 
in order that life could be sustainable uh, on this earth. It is only by the designer, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this universe does not exist by necessity. Um, for example, to say that the universe must be life permitting. In actual fact, the opposite is more likely. The universe in, in many aspects is life prohibiting. If you look on some planets, there's methane rain. There's winds at twice the speed of sound. I mean, a category five hurricane, the winds travel at about 250 kilometers per hour. Twice the speed of sound would give us about 2,500 kilometers per hour. On some planets, you get such storms. Winds twice the speed of sound. They are seas of acid. They are black holes. They are planets covered in dust clouds. They are gamma rays. This all making life impossible. And so, when looking at all of these things, we can see that clearly there is a design that is behind all of this finely tuned constants that we find in the, in the universe. Inshallah ta'ala, before we uh, end off today, I want us to just look at some of the statements of, of some of the scientists, like John O'Keefe for example. He says, we are by astronomical standards a pampered, cosseted, cherished group of creatures. Subhanallah. قُلْ بِفَضِّ اللَّهِ وَرَحْمَتِهِ فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُ You know, by His favor and His mercy, you must be happy and joyous with that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted you. So, we are, a, we are a cherished group of creatures, He says. If the universe had not been made with the most exacting precision, we would never have come into existence. It is my view that these circumstances indicate the universe was created for man to live in. John O'Keefe, who works for what? He doesn't work for uh, the Ulama Council. He works for NASA. He works for, for the National Astronomical Society in America. We have Professor George Ellis, who's a British astrophysicist. He says, amazing fine-tuning occurs in the laws of the universe that make this complexity possible. Realization of the complexity of what is accomplished makes it very difficult not to use the word miraculous. Wow, an astrophysicist calling this universe a miracle. Subhanallah. Paul Davis, he says, the laws of physics seem themselves to be the product of exceedingly ingenious design. The universe must have purpose. Allahu Akbar. Rabbana ma khalaqata Ya Allah, you haven't created this without purpose. Professor Roger Penrose, he says, I would say the universe has a purpose. It's not just somehow by chance. And all of the scientific data obtained to date shows that there is no room in the universe for chance or coincidence anywhere or at any time. Madrasa on A. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Yes, Jamaat al-Muslimin, my respected listeners of the Voice of the Cape Alhamdulillah, today is our day of Aqeedah and Alhamdulillah we are in our final segment Our final segment 
And we've been speaking today, alhamdulillah, about one of the self-evident proofs for the existence of God Almighty, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the proof of al-illat al-ghaiyah, or the argument for the existence of God by design. Alhamdulillah, we have looked now in detail, and we have quoted many physicists, astrophysicists, cosmologists, astronomers uh, of our time, great thinkers, that all point to the fact that the universe has a very intricate, finely tuned design that points to the fact that there must be a creator who has created this universe for the purpose of life. Because without this fine-tuning, life would have been impossible to exist. So, it cannot be by necessity. Universe is not necessarily life-permitting. In actual fact, life-prohibiting is more likely as some of the scientists have mentioned when we look at the planets around us we look at the, some of the planets in other galaxies and how life would be impossible for us we are a very what did the one uh, scientist say we are a pampered cosseted cherished group of creatures if the universe had not been made with the most exacting precision we would never have come into existence he said, and this is John O'Keefe from NASA, he said, it is my view that these circumstances indicate the universe was created for man to live in. Subhan al-Khaliq. Isn't this what Allah SWT is telling us in the Holy Quran? Isn't this what Allah SWT has designated for us in terms of the purpose of our creation and why He's created everything in the heavens and on earth? So it is with this type of methodology, this type of observation, this type of scientific exploration that we find that our certainty in the existence of the Creator only increases. And I mentioned earlier about something that Edwin P. Hubble said. He said that man explores the universe with his five senses and he calls it science. I think after today's lesson, uh, and I start with myself, that we can now say with absolute certainty that man explores the universe with his five senses, and he calls it faith. Because the more that we have reflected, the more we have been of ulul al-bab today, إِنَّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَاخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ لَآيَاتٍ لِأُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ Indeed, in the creation of the heavens and the earth, and the differing of the night and the day, there are signs for who? For those who reflect. Alhamdulillah, we have looked a little bit deeper. We've gone a little bit further. We have looked at all those constants, the gravitational constant, the cosmological constant, the rate of expansion, the speed of light, and so many other things. We have gone a little bit further. And with that... We have seen with certainty that indeed there is an almighty creator, there is an almighty all-knowing designer behind this existence of life that we are experiencing and enjoying every day of our lives. So Alhamdulillah that brings us to the end of our program today. We have now completed the top-down method of firstly establishing the existence of Almighty God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, using the intellectual arguments, 
using the intellectual methodology as well or the intellectual path as well as the scientific path. And inshallah, I look forward to being with you next week when we are going to do the tadarruj min al-adna, when we're going to do the bottom-up methodology where we are going to open the Qur'an and we're going to look at the knowledge, especially the knowledge that Allah SWT, where He speaks about the common origin of the universe and by that, as Allah SWT predicts, وَيَرَى الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكَ مِنْ رَبِّكَ هُوَ الْحَقِّ وَيَهْدِي إِلَى صِرَاتِ الْعَزِيزِ الْحَمِيدِ And they will see, those who have been endowed with knowledge, that this book which has been revealed to you from your Lord, O Muhammad وسلم, they will see that it is the truth and that it guides to the path of the Almighty, the Most Praised. I leave you in the protection of Allah. وَآخِرُ الدَّعْوَانَ عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَةُ اللَّهِ وَبَرَكَاتُهُ Madrasa on A. Oh.